Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. We're back in the book of John. We're in John chapter 14. Um, We're jumping in today. Jesus had just got through telling Peter that he was going to deny him three times later that night. And, And then McGee says that, you know, chapter 14 is almost like a continuation of that conversation. You know, he just got through saying, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. And then Peter, you know, was saying, I'll lay down my life for you. And then Jesus answers, you know, you're going to lay down your life? He's going to say, I'm telling you the truth, Peter. You know, you're going to deny me three times tonight before the rooster crows three times. So... He's, he's basically, it's, uh, he's telling him he's leaving him. And that would probably get the disciples pretty upset because they've been following him around. He's just washed their feet at the Passover, you know, table. They've had the, the Last Supper anyway, the Last Supper table. And so, um, you know, he's telling them he's going, and they're like not understanding they can't come as well. And uh, they've, they've been spending this time, all this time with him. They don't understand. And they're probably kind of not feeling good about it. And so that's where we start in chapter 14. Verse 1, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So, it, you know, when you when you look at that deeper... First, let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus is meeting them, meeting us at times of sadness. And times of sadness naturally are when we feel separated from Him, when we feel alone, when we feel over our heads about things. When we feel uncertainty and we're not sure what to do, that's trouble in your heart. Now, we can be isolated and alone and 
arrogant about it at the same time and not realize that we're separated. It's like a little kid that wanders off from their parents and is on an exploration and doesn't realize that they're getting themselves lost. And they're just happy and doing their little thing. And then they realize that they've lost their parents. They're, they're, they, they're away from their parents. They're panicked. Cry. Their parents comes over and they'd been watching them the whole time. But the little chill, chill, child didn't know it. It's kind of like that same feeling of letting your hearts be troubled. Being isolated from the Lord. And then Jesus says, believe in God. Believe also in me. So, McGee says again here, he, what do you think he means by that? Well, he's saying... <clears throat> Believe in God, that's important. You know, your hearts are troubled. You've got to believe in God, but you believe also in me. Because their hearts are troubled because he's leaving them. It's not just him. You always have God, but you have me too. He's equating himself with God right here. And he's saying... You have God, but you have me too. I'm the Son of God. But he's telling them some powerful stuff here. Although you can't come, you'll always have me. And believe in me. He's telling them spiritual things. Believe in me. Because he's not going to be there anymore. Physically. So he's appealing to the belief, to your faith, okay? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Have faith. Fear not. <clears throat> it's that <clears throat> struggle that we've seen time and time again between faith and fear. And he's sort of telling them in a, in a way to don't fear. Believe. Have faith. And then he says, he breaks it down a little bit more. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to, um, to prepare a place for you? You know, he's saying, look, I'm going to prepare. I've told you already, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And we have many rooms, many dwelling places. That's what that word translates from, dwelling places. And then in verse 3, and he, and he sort of asks a rhetorical question. You know, he's saying, haven't I told you already I'm going to prepare a place for you? We have many rooms for you. He personalizes it. I'm not only going, but I'm going because I'm preparing a place for you to be able to come. He's not leaving them. He's trying to reassure them. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. He's not leaving them once and for all for good. He's telling them he's coming back. He's promising them he's coming back. He's coming back for us too. 
He's coming back for all of us. We need to believe that. We need to have faith in that. So our hearts won't be troubled. And then we've got Thomas. Oh, I'm sorry. And then we've got verse 4. And you know the way to where I am going. So he's saying, you know, you'll know the way because I'm going to come to bring you there myself so you'll know the way I'm going. He's saying, I'm preparing a place for you. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to take you there so that you can be with me. He's doing all the work. They don't have to worry. He is completely in charge of all of this. And now we get Thomas, verse 5. Thomas said to him, he's our question man. McGee says he takes that question mark and eventually turns it into an exclamation mark, but As McGee said also, we're so glad Thomas asked such a question because we get such a wonderful answer in John 14, 6. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Now, Thomas is breaking all this down into like a direction, a map, uh, a road, the way sometimes refers to a path that they would take to get from one city to another city. Show me the way. A lot of metaphors here have to do with directions and walking, walking the right road. If you walk the wrong road, you're lost. You can die. You can get in trouble. You can get intact if you're not in a safe place. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So now Jesus is, he's taking it back up to his Father's house. Believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house. He's going to the Father. He's talking about the Father He is the Son, because he's referencing God as his Father. But he's saying, I am the way. I am the only way to get to the Father, to the Father's house. And he's fulfilling sort of the completion, and my study Bible says, the only way to get to access to God used to be That was the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, and only the chief priest could go past the curtain. Aaron was the first one to represent the nation Israel before God. But now Jesus fulfills that Old Testament principle. So he is the way. It's not having a priest represent you going through the Holy of Holies Jesus now is going to bring you to God. Through Jesus, we can have access to God personally. We, we can enter the Holy of Holies because of Christ. Because of His sacrifice on the cross, 
negating our sin, now we can access the Holy of Holies. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. The truth, the only truth is God's Word in a world full of faults. And I've heard it explained by Pastor Ainsworth that when God created the world in Genesis and then cast man out of the Garden of Eden due to sin, you've got this separation and you've got man in the world and on the other side, you've got God in His truth and His righteousness. And there's been this separation between man and God ever since until Christ comes. And He brings God's truth into a dark world. It's like the light into the world. And in John earlier, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word becomes flesh. God's Word is truth. And that truth becomes flesh in Jesus. He is his, his teachings, His words are the only truth. Everything else is man-made. Wishful thinking on man's part or false wisdom. Jesus' words are true. They're eternal. They will not ever pass away. They apply to every generation. They are unchanging, unfailing. They are words to bank your life on, to depend on truth. He's the only way to God, and He's the only truth in this world. And the life. He is eternal life. He's the only way that we can escape death. He is life. He is light. And the life He gives is eternal. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way to be saved, to achieve eternal life. You cannot deny Christ is saying right up the bat, the only way to have truth and eternal life is through me. So, the way, the truth, and the life. As McGee says, that's the whole gospel message summed up right there. We've got to repent from our ways. The word repent means to turn, to change direction. We need to follow Him, follow His direction. We need to turn from our direction as we repent. And what are we turning to? We're turning to truth. We have to acknowledge that is truth. We're not turning because we want to just see a miracle. We want to turn to the truth, to turn to Jesus, repent from our sins. We have to acknowledge our sin and look at the truth that comes from God. Repent from our way to follow Him. 
follow the truth, acknowledge the truth, have faith in what His words are. And then we'll have eternal life. Because when we have faith in His truth, when we believe in His truth, we believe in the salvation that He gives us through His death on the cross and resurrection that is to come. He brings us life. And that is God's truth. And the truth is, this gift is given in love. Nothing we can do on our own. So, we're going to stop here, turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll take it up again tomorrow, Friday as we continue our study through this book of John. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 6. We saw in our last study that Simon Peter had actually said to the Lord Jesus Christ that he was willing to lay down his life for the Lord's sake. That was when... Um, Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ and came with um, soldiers from, you know, Roman soldiers. So, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ told him that that very night, he, Simon Peter, would deny him three times by the time that the rooster crowed in the morning. And the rooster would, the rooster crowed that morning and Simon Peter had denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. So, we have a bridge, like a break, rather, um, from, you know, when the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to Simon Peter, and he was talking to... Yeah, the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to Simon Peter, and then now we have this um, kind of break here. And verse 1 actually reads, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe... In God, believe in believe also in me. So, this is a clear cut statement here that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is God, you know, He's the Trinity, He is God the Son, He is also God the Father. So, this makes it clear that if you just believe in God, you're a child of God, you're not an atheist, and you have to also have a personal trust and faith in Christ. So it's just not enough to say, oh yeah, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Great. But you also have to have that trust and faith in him. Verse 2 goes on to read, In my Father's house are many mansions. If, you, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So this... Um, you know, the Father's house is, um, what is it? You know, it's not like a physical house that, you know, if you to think about it literally. The Father's house is this vast universe that we actually live in today. So the Greek word for mansion is mona, and it actually means abiding places. And this vast universe is filled with abiding places. So we are here on earth. And around Earth, there's a solar system, which we call the galactic universe. So this is our system here on Earth. 
that we know of. So, you know, according to science and study, studies, there are other galactic universes. The closest, rather, the neighbor to Earth is um, the galactic universe of Andromeda. And that's like, what, 200, 2 million, is it? Uh, if I'm right or wrong, I it can't get my figures uh, right in my head. But is it 2 million uh, light light years away from here, from Earth. So that's if it's correct. Anyway, don't take it as gospel truth, like my, 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 my calculations about the galaxy. No, I'm not really like a, um, an astronomy student. But yes, um, the next galactic universe is farther, farther away from... Um, Earth's galactic orbit, the universe that we, that we live in, and there are probably other universes out there because whatever man has discovered about space and all is not even the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's other um, spaces that um, man has not yet discovered in space. So, you've, you, you know, like, we will actually... Um, discover that you know the universe is infinite and if the universe is infinite who created the universe it's it's it's, it's god who is infinite he is alpha and he's omega he's the beginning and he's the end so yeah so here um it says you know in my father's house there are many places there are many um in my father's house are many mansions so the father's house that's the vast universe and that's we actually live in and it means many abiding places. So the Lord Jesus Christ says, If it were not so, I would have told you. So here in this statement, it says, In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So here, he actually puts his entire reputation on the line. So you either believe him, or you don't believe him. I choose to believe him. So um, here there's statement um that states um i go to prepare for you so that's um still in verse two i go to prepare a place for you so here in this vast universe it's filled with so many places and yet he goes to prepare um a place for us um, and for those that are his own. So, um, you know, despite the many galactic universes, he still goes to prepare a place for you and me. So, you know, for some funny reason, you know, man tends to think they're like really special and all, but, you know, according to Dr. Eva McGee and, you know, after um, my run through, you know, the various books of the Bible that I've studied, you know, man is just basically a colossal failure. It's because of God's love that we're actually um, here today. Because he loves us so much that he actually gave his son in order to, for us to be saved. But we are beyond redemption. We are beyond saving. We don't even deserve to get to be saved. But because God represents love and God is love. Um, you know, he's a God who can just snap the world away just like that. But... Um, he would not be representing who he is because that would be judgment. 
but he is um, representing who he is, and that's um, a God of love. Verse 3, goes on to read, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there may also be. So this is the first place in the Bible that God's going to um, take anyone off this universe to a place he's prepared. So this was never the hope of the Old Testament. So in Genesis, God never said to Abraham that he would actually take him out of the universe to a star. He said he would actually make his offspring like the stars of the heavens. Uh, in number, but he would give him the land down here on earth. So the hope of the Old Testament was that there would be a kingdom down on earth where peace and righteousness dwells, and that's God's purpose for this earth. So this is in the Old Testament. And then, um, you know, we keep on hearing the kingdom of heaven in the Bible. Like, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No. So the kingdom of heaven is the reign of the heavens on this earth. So this is God's earthly purpose. And he's moving um, undeviatingly to the day he actually puts his own on the throne. So here is the first time he actually said he is going to take a people and those people, beginning with the apostles of the church today. So the church will be taken out of this world to be with Christ in the place that he is preparing. The dead in Christ will rise first, and those that are alive in Christ will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall they um, ever be with the Lord in that place he's prepared and this is the new testament so this is a new city a new concept and this is where the church will dwell throughout eternity so that's the hope of christians today so christ will call out his own with a shout like a trumpet so you know it's gonna be like you know, trumpet, like the archangels, the way uh, archangels trumpet sounds. But it's going to be actually Christ who's going to call out his own um, to a place he's prepared for them. And they will dwell there for eternity. Verse 4 goes on to read, And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So he's actually lifting these men to the heights as there is, you know, the in the upper room, the shadows of the cross that have befallen them. And they're scared, you know, because sin is knocking at the door, demanding its pound of flesh. And the Lord is attempting to lift them from here and now to hereafter, to actually lift them from the material to the spiritual, from the earthly to the heavenly. So he is preaching to them and imparting his word upon them to give them that hope that you know despite the hour being dark um, but there's that hope 
So he is giving them that hope from the earthly to the heavenly. Verse 5 goes on to read. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? So here we have doubting Thomas. Thomas here, as usual, is doubting and asking a question. So he had a question mark for a brain, as Dr. Jamie Gee put it. But he asked a pretty good, decent question that would over have actually asked had we been there. Verse 6 goes on to read. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here we have the gospel in a nutshell. It's been compacted. And this is beautiful. So he is the way and not the way shower. He is personally the way. So a church ceremony can never bring one to God. Only Christ can bring a one to God. You know, and rituals can never bring one to God. So it's either you have Christ or you don't have Christ. So either you trust him or you don't. So he's the source, the origin of life. So everything that actually has life draws life from him. Everything from like the tiniest little bug to the flowers and the grass. It all stems from him. So he's made um, a dead end street out of you know the cults and isms in the world. And the only way that will get you to God is through Christ. So no man can come to the Father except through Christ. And, you know, this is, you know, dogmatic. It's a narrow statement. And, you know, most dogmatic and narrow statements are characteristics of truth. Most, obviously. There's some that just stem on ignorance. But most, um, they're statements of truth. So trust him. If you do trust him, you're saved. If you don't, you're not saved. It's just that simple. So this was beautiful, clean-cut, to-the-point teaching, which I enjoyed so much. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant Thursday. Bye-bye.